I've been, I said, I heard you. What does it mean? I've been hugging the toilet bowl, man. Well, I drove the big white bus, and I got sick, and I had to go home sick. I missed the next two weeks of school sick. And I thought, oh, boy, if I can just make it through eighth grade, then I can drop out. You know that 30% of all high school students in America drop out of high school, don't graduate? 30%. And I'm going to tell you, poverty breeds poverty and ignorance breeds ignorance. You want a good mission field? Go work with kids. Go work with kids. I ran into a teacher by the name of Heinrich Kopka. He'd been a missionary to New Guinea. And then he came to Staples High School. I remember going to bed at night when I was a kid, feeling so all alone, feeling so much shame. I went to church, I went to Sunday school, and I prayed, and I sang. I remember singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Do I really? Well, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones, wonder if that includes me. To him belong. And I remember crying out one time. I believe in you, Jesus, but I, I'd really like to have a Jesus who's got some skin on. A Jesus who's got some skin on. And God, who is Jesus with skin on, or Jesus who is God with skin on, sent me Mr. Copter, public school teacher. He discipled me, took me under his arm, went to gospel concerts. And one night a Billy Graham movie came to town, first Billy Graham movie ever made. Mr. Copter said, would you like to go with me to the movie? I said, sure. I went to the movie and I sat there. It was about these motorcycle hippie kids with long hair. And I sat there and I thought, boy, I sure don't have anything in common with these hippies. And then as the movie went on, I realized I was just as lost as they were and just as much in need of Christ's saving grace. And I got up at the end of that movie and I went forward and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I haven't had any problems since. That's a lie. But you know, dear ones, the devil loves to come along and he takes away your self-worth. He takes away the family. He takes away faith. I watch these students I teach. You know, they're really into rock musicians, a lot of them. Here's this, you know, I'm staying in hotels, you know, when I travel and speak, and I'm flipping through the channel, and on comes MTV. And I have a kid on my debate team who's just nuts about John Bon Jovi, and so on comes a John Bon Jovi video. So I think, I'm going to watch this, see who John Bon Jovi is, anyhow. The name of the... the, the, the uh, uh, song, Living in Sin. And here's John Bon Jovi up there on stage just wailing away, you know, just 
And here are these kids down in front. Ah! Like if I could just but reach up and touch the hem of your garment, I would be made whole. And these girls hold up this sign right in front. John, we will die for you. I wanted to puke. Because you know what being a Christian is? Being a Christian means that our life is a sign to the world that says, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. And in this day of rock and roll, what we need is a rock that doesn't roll. We need the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Mr. Kopka helped introduce me to Jesus Christ. And he's been my solid rock ever since through some very tumultuous storms. Extremely tumultuous storms. And maybe sometime I can share with you about. But because of Mr. Kopka and other molders of dreams in my life, I had the unbelievable opportunity. I thought, boy, I want to be a teacher. I want to have the same chance to give back to kids what my teachers gave to me. And on April 14, 1986, I had the unbelievable honor of being invited into the White House to meet then-President Reagan on behalf of all of America's teachers. And he kept me waiting for over an hour and a half. He was lining up the bombing of Libya, which took place that day. So the first thing I said to him was, I said, Sir, I don't appreciate being kept waiting. <laughs> That's a lie. I never said that. <laughs> I came walking into the Oval Office, and Mr. Reagan, President Reagan, held out his hand. He's a very warm, sincere man. He says, Well, I, I saw you on Good Morning America this morning. And that impressed me, because I'd read that he didn't get up quite that early. And then he quoted me, he said, you know, when you said you don't teach English or speech or world literature, but you teach students, you teach kids. He says, well, that reminded me of some of those teachers I had when I was growing up. And then he reached into the vest pocket of his coat and he pulled out a piece of his individualized note card stationery. Had a gold embossed presidential seal up in the corner, his name across the top, you know, so he too could remember. And on it was a poem written out in his own handwriting. And he said, I came across this poem back during my Iowa days. We don't have anybody here from Iowa, do we? You know, Minnesotans and Iowans uh, have a feud going. You know, we're always making fun of one another's states. I can't imagine how Iowa can make fun of anybody. The feud is getting so bad now that in northern Iowa, last week, some of the northern Iowans were taking sticks of dynamite, throwing them across the border into Minnesota. And the Minnesotans are picking them up and lighting them and throwing them back. (laughs) 
Anyhow, the president said, I came across this poem back during my Iowa days. It was written by Clark Mollenhoff, a journalist for the Des Moines Register. And better than anything else I've ever read, he said, it explains just how important all of you are who work with kids, especially you teachers. And well, if you don't mind, I'd like to read it to you. And I said, oh, go ahead. That's a lie. And so he held the poem and he looked me right in the eye. And he said, teachers, you are the molders of their dreams. The gods who build or crush their young beliefs of right and wrong. You are the spark that sets aflame the poet's hand or lights the flame of some great singer's song. You're the god of the young, the very young. You're the guardian of a million dreams. Your every smile or frown can heal or pierce a heart. Yours are a hundred lives a thousand lives, yours the pride of loving them, and the sorrow too. Your patient work, your touch, make you the gods of hope who fill their souls with dreams to make those dreams come true. And when he finished reading it, there were tears coming down my face. And the president looked at me and he saw that I was moved and that moved him. And then when I saw that he was moved, that moved me more. It was a very moving moment. And then he looked at me and says, well, I wrote this out in kind of a hurry. If you don't mind my chicken scratches, you can have it. His own handwriting. That's unheard of. I took it. I stared at it. I couldn't believe. Oop. Improper punctuation. You know what I'd read two weeks earlier that his signature alone was worth $66. So I started counting up the words, you know, on a, on a teacher's salary. Molders of dreams, that's what you all are. Paul writes to the church in Corinth. Second, second letter, third chapter, beginning with the second verse. My paraphrase. He says, don't you know? See, he was a Norwegian, Paul was. Don't, don't you know that your life is a letter that everybody is reading? And it's a letter that's not written in ink. It's a letter that's not written in tablets of stone. But your life is a letter that is written on the tablet of the human heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your life's a letter. And what do people read when they read the letter of your life? Are you a Jesus with skin on? The Jesus I know is the Jesus that came to the woman at the well. She'd had five husbands, was living with a man. 
Yet, you know what? He, he never called her a sinner. Jesus never came around sinful people unless He made them feel better because they've been in His presence. In fact, if you read the whole red letter edition of the New Testament, you know the red letters, that's what Jesus said. If you read that, you'll never once hear Jesus call anybody a sinner. He called some people snakes and vipers. And those were the religious leaders of the day. But he never calls anybody. And he reached out to that woman of the well at the well and he says, If you drink of that water, you're going to be thirsty again. But if you drink of the water that I have to offer, you'll never be thirsty again. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we've got to take and share with people and be that Jesus with skin on in their lives. I had a roommate in college. Whenever I'm in college campuses, I think of this. My roommate in college, I didn't. I, I was suspect of him because he had a beard. And I didn't think you could be a good Christian and have a beard. I was Mr. Legalist. You want to talk about legalism? I was Mr. Legalist. Don't smoke, don't chew, don't hang around. Anybody who do, you know. And my roommate in college, he had a poster on the wall. And it was a poster of a drunken bum lying in the gutter. Empty whiskey bottle by his side. Despicable looking character. Unshaved, unkept, his fly open. Just a drunken bum lying in the gutter. And the poster read... You love Jesus Christ only as much as the person you love the least. Boy, I hated that poster. Isn't that what Jesus meant when He said, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, so you do unto me. You love Jesus Christ only as much as the person you love the least. Be that Jesus with skin on in somebody's life. You know, one of the burdens I have is that oftentimes I think that our churches become places where we have signs that are invisible, but everybody reads them. And the sign says, leave all your troubles here, put on your phony smile, come into church and pretend to have it all together when you really don't. I give you the impression that I'm secure, that everything is sunny and unruffled with me, within as well as without, that confidence is my name, that coolness is my game, I'm in charge, I'm in command, and I need no one. But don't believe me. My surface may seem smooth, but my surface is my mask, my ever-varying and ever-concealing mask. And beneath it lies the real me. I'm confused sometimes. I'm frightened sometimes. I'm lonely sometimes. I have doubts sometimes. But I don't tell you this. I'm afraid to. I'm afraid that if I tell you who I really am, you'll think less of me and you'll reject me. And your rejection will hurt me. So I go on playing this game, this 
never-ending, ever-varying game, and my life becomes a front. I'd really like to be genuine and spontaneous and me, but you've got to help me. You've got to reach out to me, even when that's the last thing I seem to want or need. A lifetime feeling of believing Satan's lies of worthlessness builds strong walls. But Christ's love is stronger than strong walls. So please use your hands, Christ's hands, to beat down my walls and help discover the person who is me. Who am I? Who am I, you may wonder? I'm somebody you know very well. For I am every man and I'm every woman you'll ever meet. Be that Jesus with skin. In closing, I'd like to share with you uh, what I do with my class. I tell all my students I love them. That's not politically correct anymore. Not only do I tell them I love them, I hug them. Yep, even the guys. I don't force myself on them. But by the end of 12 weeks, even the hockey players are usually lined up to get a hug. And I say, hey, you know, you're going to walk out those doors and I'm never going to see some of you again. But I want you to know that as you walk out those doors, you're taking a part of me with you. And you've left a part of yourself with me, and we can never again be the same. And before you go, I'd like to share with you my wish for your life. And I, if you promise not to laugh, I'd like to do it in the form of a song and even sing it for you. Now, hey, I realize I'm not Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen or Axl Rose, thank God. But this song was written by somebody who grew up not too far from here in Hibbing, Minnesota, a guy by the name of Bob Dylan. And he wrote this song for his, for his children to express his wish for their life. And it's my wish for you. And so before we say goodbye, I'd like to share with you this, this song. It's called Forever Young. And it's my wish for you. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. Hey, that's the golden rule. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. May you stay forever young. Forever young. Forever young. May you stay May your hands always be busy.
May your feet always be swift. May you have that firm foundation when the winds of changes shift. May your heart always be joyful. May your song always be sung. May you stay forever young. Forever young. Forever young. Axel Rose, eat your heart out. May you stay forever young. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know God's love and feel His truth surrounding you. May you always be courageous, stand upright, and be strong. May you stay forever young. Forever young, forever young, may you stay stay forever young. God bless you, you molders of dreams. You Jesuses with skin on. And thanks for letting me be here today. <laughs>